Good morning. I'm back. <laughs> How's everybody doing today? Everybody doing all right? Yeah. Everybody having a great week already? It's Sunday, but everybody declaring this is going to be a great week. Look at your neighbor. Say, this is going to be a great week. Something going to happen. Something good is going to happen. Something good is good. That's right. Tell them till you believe it. Something good is going to happen. That's right. Talk to your neighbor. Something good is going to happen for you this week. Check your mailbox. Check your email. Look on your check. Something good. Oh, y'all get charismatic when y'all tell them. <laughs> y'all got real Pentecostal. Y'all like, yeah, something good. All right, y'all. So uh, we are starting our September series. I'm, what I didn't mention is um, I'm actually going to go off, a track, off the track next week. Um, so we're going to be dealing with the Holy Spirit for the next couple weeks. Uh, but because it's our anniversary, I'm going to go another direction next Sunday, but then I'll get back on track um, on a third Sunday, okay? So we're talking about the Holy Spirit. You guys ready? We're, talk, we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. Jody is like, Lord, I am not shouting in here today. So don't. <laughs> and that's exactly why we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit. Uh, because too many times... Um, we have defined the Holy Spirit to just a move. And we define, we, we define the Holy Spirit as something that is emotional. We define the Holy Spirit as something that is a tingle in the spine and you know you got it when you feel good. Um, but can we be honest real quickly? Um, how many of you ever heard Beyonce sing? Anybody ever hear it sing so good it, it put a tingle in your spine? That wasn't the Holy Ghost. That was talent. Some of y'all like, I don't like Beyonce. How many of y'all like Aretha Franklin? <laughs> I know one person that doesn't. But, <laughs> but Aretha Franklin had a way of singing that for some people, it gave you a certain feeling. But that was not, that is not the Holy Ghost. Sometimes that is just emotion. It hits you to a certain point, but we call it the anointing and we call it the Holy Ghost. And, and in most cases, sometimes it's just talent. It's just talent. So what we want to do is, I'm not going to say redefine because the Holy Spirit has already been defined, but we want to bring illumination to what the Holy Ghost is so that when we go to church, we have an understanding of what it is. And also, we can have a real heart-to-heart -heart conversation with ourselves and ask ourselves, are we really filled with the Spirit? Y'all quiet. Are we really filled with the Spirit? So um, I I'm going to give you one scripture up here, and you can go there now. It's Ephesians 5 and 18. And um, I'll read it now, but I'm going to go all around. And I, was going, I wasn't going to give Vanessa 20 scriptures today. <laughs> um, she's kind of new to this, so I'm not going to do that to her. Um, but we're going to move around in the scriptures, okay? Um, because I want to be as clear as I can for the next couple of weeks on what the Holy Spirit is. Um, I just, <laughs> I'm grieved in my, in my spirit in regards to, and I want to say this correctly, how misunderstood and how wrong some of us may have been told what it is. And, you know, we've been going to church our whole entire lives, forever, and cannot defend our faith, nor do we really understand our faith. And that's scary for us to call ourselves Christians 
and really can't go into the Bible and explain Christianity or just core foundation principles of who Christ is through the Bible. But yet we say we've been going to church for our whole entire life. So I know sometimes I may seem boring to y'all, but God has really called me for a ministry of teaching in this season. In due season, we will preach and we will dance and we will holler and we will shout, but we ain't there. I want to I want to get to the core of this book and I want you guys to really understand it. And I want the spirit to convict you to make a decision for yourself, whether or not you want to be a follower of Christ or whether or not I don't believe it. But at least I can give you the proof of what I have in the book rather than me just trying to fill you with emotion and you know, tell you guys, you know, use my charisma to attract people in the church. That ain't what this is about. This is about God. So we're going to go to Ephesians 5 and 18. And it says, don't get drunk with wine. Some of y'all are like, all right, I'm done. I don't want to be a Christian. <laughs> yeah, I'm done right here. Don't get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless actions. But what? Be filled with the spirit. Now, I'm going to help you. The Bible ain't telling you not to get drunk. It's telling you don't get drunk with wine. Y'all quiet. Some of y'all was like, why we get drunk? No, no, no. It, it's not telling you that you can't get drunk, but it's telling you if you're going to get intoxicated, get intoxicated with the right thing. And the thing that you want to be intoxicated with is the Holy Spirit. And I'm not going to, I'll get to that in just a couple minutes. So the question that I have for you tonight, today, is what is the Holy Spirit. Hmm. What is the Holy Spirit? And a lot of times when I ask this question, you, we give it one word and we give it one definition and we'll say, you know, it just takes over you. Uh, the devil can take over you. That's demonic possession. It make you feel good. It's a whole lot of stuff that can make us feel good. It make you walk right. Well, what exactly is walking right? And make you talk right. An English teacher can help me talk right. So what is the definition or what exactly is the Holy Spirit? Y'all guys ready tonight today? First things first, I want you to understand is that the Spirit is not the flesh. So let's take the word holy off for just a moment and let's just deal with the word spirit. All right. Do me a favor. I'm going, I'm going to talk today. So y'all just bear with me. Touch your neighbor. Touch somebody close to you. They're tangible, right? You can feel them, right? You can feel them. Why can you feel them? Because they're made of something called what? Flesh. Let's get scientific. Matter. And what is Matter. Anything that has mass and takes up space. Look at me. I remember third grade science. <laughs> so everything in here is matter. How many of you see walls? How many of you see ceilings? A ceiling? How many of you see a floor? How many of you see me? You see all of that. So because you see all of that, you can define it as it is. You believe it as it is because you can see it as it, as it is with your natural eye. But what if I was to tell you that there's all different types of particles and things that are going on in the air that you can't see with your natural eye, but it is there. That is the spirit. And the reason why we struggle with the spirit 
is because we have got used to having the lifestyle of believing that only what is there and what we can touch is real. All of us believe in oxygen because you're breathing. And you don't question oxygen, but you'll question the spirit. And the spirit is greater than the flesh. Watch this. Because the, the flesh or matter, it has a couple things. It has weight. It has dimensions. And it has shape. And because it has those things, it's easily to define. And the spirit has none of those things. And because we cannot see it, we have a hard time believing it. So one thing that we need to understand is that the spirit transcends the flesh. It can penetrate. It can go in areas that the flesh can. It can move and operate in areas that your flesh can never operate in. So the spirit is actually more powerful than the flesh, but because we can't touch it, we seem to lean more on the fleshly side of our lives than the spiritual side of our lives. Are y'all with me? Number two, the spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is not a thing. The Holy Spirit is a person. Look at your neighbor and say it's a person. Y'all like the Holy Ghost is a person? The Holy Ghost is a person. We're going to talk in a minute. I promise you. I'm coming around. See y'all like where he going with this. The Holy Spirit is a person. And who is the person of the Holy Spirit? The person of the Holy Spirit is God. He's God the Father. He's God the Son. And he's God the Holy Spirit. But the problem that we have is we put a lot of emphasis on the Father and the son, and we use the spirit as if though it's just icing on the cake. You go to the book of St. John, the 14th chapter. I told y'all we're going to walk through the Bible today. Book of St. John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. It's in the New Testament. It's the fourth book in the New Testament, and it's in the 14th chapter, which is closer to the end of the book. Y'all with me? St. John, the 14th chapter and the 15th verse. This is Jesus' words. This ain't mine. Y'all with me? If you love me, this is Jesus talking, you will keep my commandments. What is his commandments? Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with on all thy, all thy heart, all thy mind, and all thy, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with, I'm sorry, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as you love yourself. That's the only two commandments that Jesus gave us. Love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy mind, and all thy soul, and love thy neighbor as you love yourself. If you do those two commandments, then you fulfill every other commandment. Y'all with me? So he tells us, if you love me, you will keep my commandments, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor. Watch this. Another does not mean that he's given us something else or something that is not himself, but another there means another of the same kind, meaning that he's coming in just a different way. The word comforter or counselor there means paraclete in the Greek. And a paraclete means something that walks beside you, but it also symbolizes or means something that defends you, meaning that when things come against you in your life and when the enemy gets busy because you have the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit steps in and fights on your behalf. Y'all quiet. That's one of the benefits of having the Holy Ghost. 
It's because the benefits of having the Holy Ghost is sometimes God is fighting battles in your life that you don't even realize he's fighting for you. Some of you don't even recognize the, the hedge of protection. Some of you don't recognize the angels. Some of you don't recognize the things that God protected you just to get you to this building on today. Somebody ran a red light right after you went through the intersection. Somebody had a car accident on 295 and exit before you or after you got past that exit. And we don't even understand that God is our defender. He's on both sides of us. And that's why it's so important to have the Holy Ghost, because God will fight your battles, even battles that you don't even realize that you're in the midst of. Somebody need to say, thank God for the Holy Ghost. Because there are some things in our lives that God is truly fighting on our behalf for. And we need to thank God that he has it under control and he didn't leave it in our hands. So the book of Romans, the eighth chapter says that we do not know what we ought to pray for, but what our does maketh intercession for us. Y'all quiet. We don't even know what to pray for. This is Romans 8. But the Holy Spirit, which is in you, makes intercession for you. So he's not just walking beside me, but he's seeing the next steps concerning my destiny. And he's working on my behalf before I get there. I'm going to say that again. He's walking in front of you and he's working out your destiny before you get there. And sometimes we're complaining that things are taking their time. And God is saying, I'm slowing you down because I'm working things together for your good in your future. Y'all quiet in here. How come it's just not happening right now? How come I just can't get out of this job? God, why don't you just let me get? And God is saying, if you only knew the warfare and the things that I am battling for you to get you to where you're supposed to be, you'd be thinking me right now in that hard place. Y'all quiet. So it's hard to rejoice in a hard place because we can't see it. It's not tangible. So what do we do? We murmur and complain in our hard spaces, not recognizing that God is working things together for your good before you get there. You ever get home and the house was clean? Some of y'all like, nah, I'm single. <laughs> All right, married folks. <laughs> you ever drive home, <laughs> married folks, or, or somebody, you got a roommate or something, and you made up in your mind, man, I got to clean this bathroom, I got to do this, and I got to do that, and you, you angry. And you get up in the driveway, and you taking your time walking in the house because you know the work you got to do. And you open the door and you smell, you know, detergent and you smell wood cleaner and you smell air freshener for breeze and you walk in the carpet is spotless and you go in the bathrooms and the toilet is clean and you walking around the house and the dishes is out the sink and you want to break out in the praise, don't you? <laughs> yeah, some of y'all rejoicing because y'all like, man, I've been there before. And that's exactly how the Holy Spirit works for you. Is sometimes he's delaying your drive. He's making you take all different avenues because he's cleaning the house before you get there. And now you're walking into something that you didn't have to fight for. And what is that thing? That thing is called favor. 
And people don't understand the favor because God will drop things on you that you don't even deserve. So now they're looking at you saying, how in the world did she get that promotion? She thinks she cute. No, no, no. God slowed me down and made me go through all different types of avenues to prepare me for this situation. So what we have to do, and I'm going to say this to somebody today, I don't know who I'm talking to, is you have to rejoice in your hard times right now. And I don't know who I'm talking to. Some of you are like, man, it's rough right now and I'm having a rough year and I expected 2019 to be better. How about I tell you God is already working on your 2020? What if I told you God is working things together for your good for around this time next year? What if I was to tell you that where you're going to be, Selena, in August or September, it's today, September, on September the 1st of 2020 is going to be 20 times better than where you are in 2019. So even though it may not be happening the way you want it and the doors are not opening right now, you need to rejoice because you need to understand that God is already working things together for my good. Now watch this. God has given us a component. I'm telling you, I'm, I promise you, I'm going to make some, some understanding of this Holy Spirit today. God has given us the component of the Holy Spirit to operate in us and our new nature. I'll say this again. The component of the Holy Spirit is to operate in us and our new nature, meaning that when you become saved, when you give your life to the Lord and you are filled with the Holy Spirit, y'all with me? And you are filled with the Holy Spirit. God is now supposed to take control over your internal life. Now watch this. Go back to Ephesians 5 and 18. Be not drunk with what? But be drunk with what? The spirit. Watch. Watch. Well, he didn't say be drunk with the spirit. He says be not drunk with wine, which leads to reckless actions, but be Filled by the, watch this, meaning be intoxicated by the spirit. I'm not going to ask who has been drunk in here before. I don't want to know your business. I don't want to know your business. Don't even say amen. Don't holler. Don't, don't, don't high five. Keep it to yourself. I want to believe in my heart that everybody in here has been saved, sanctified, Holy Ghost, filled, five baptized, and your life has just been clean and holy your whole life. That's what I want to believe right now. So don't tell me. Matter of fact, I'm going to close my eyes because some of y'all eyes is going to give it away. I ain't looking at you. Right? So I don't want to know. So you know, somebody will be like, yeah, that was me. I don't want to know. All right? Yo, whatever. Yo, whatever. I see. That's why I can't even look. But if you've ever been under the intoxication of, of alcohol, right? I'm afraid to ask because y'all going to tell me what happens. So I'm going to tell y'all what happens. All right? Because somebody told me. <laughs> Because <laughs> somebody told me. So I'm going to tell y'all what somebody told me. All right. What somebody told me is that when you become under the intoxication of alcohol, it takes control over your mobile abilities. Y'all quiet. So if you've ever been intoxicated, things come out that shouldn't have came out. You said some things you shouldn't have said. You're walking like you usually don't walk. You should not be behind a wheel because you're inebriated and there's a possibility that there will be some repercussions of being intoxicated under alcohol. Because what happens? It takes possession over your body. 
And what Paul is saying is rather than be intoxicated with wine or alcohol, you need to be intoxicated with the Holy Spirit. Mm. Because the Holy Spirit does the same thing that alcohol will do for you. It'll make you speak things that are not as though they were. It'll make you walk like you usually don't walk. It'll change your conversation and make you talk like you've never talked before. It'll go down into the inside of you and change different components of your life. That is the power of the Holy Ghost. And one way that you have evidence of the Holy Ghost is not shouting, not speaking in tongues, but the evidence of the Holy Ghost is when your insides change, when your desire changes. Not saying that we won't have issues, not saying that we won't make mistakes, but it no longer controls us. I'd rather do good than do bad. I'd rather treat people right than treat them evil. I'd rather love than hate. And that is a sign of the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit, when it takes control of you, it'll make you do things that you don't want to do. I'm going to help you. Girl, I'll knock you upside your head, but thank God that I'm inebriated with the Spirit. Oh, man, I, if I could, I'll go back and cuss them out. But there's something inside of me that keeps me under control when I want to get in my flesh. Y'all quiet in here. Some of y'all, y'all spiritually drunk because there's been some things that came up on you this week. And if it was not for the Holy Ghost, Jody's helping me right now. She ain't saying nothing, but her head is bobbing. If it was not for the Holy Ghost that was inside of us, it would make us react in our flesh, but thank God for the spirit and being inebriated with the spirit of God that it controls, contains, and keeps us from doing things that we would do if we were in our flesh. And if you're in your flesh right now, you need to look at yourself and say, God, fill me with the spirit. So when we are filled with the Holy Ghost, it changes the components of our inside. We are no longer us, but he lives in us. I'm going to go somewhere with this in a minute. It's no longer about us. We move from being selfish to being selfless. I no longer just look out for myself, but when I'm filled with the spirit, and I hope I'm bringing some conviction because it brought some conviction to me. When I'm being filled with the spirit, y'all with me? When I'm being filled with the spirit, you know what that does? It makes me move beyond just worrying about me, but makes me start praying for other people. Amen. How's Kara doing? I always pick on Kara. Let me pray for her. Because I realize that this journey isn't just about me. But this journey is about her too. When I'm filled with the spirit, it keeps my mouth shut in certain situations. When I want to gossip, I cut my mouth shut because I don't need to be talking about anybody in this kind of negative connotation. So let me just keep my mouth shut. When I'm filled with the spirit, I treat my wife right. Let's move away from this. You ain't got it because you don't. Ha, na, 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 ma, ba, 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 ba. Because there's a whole lot of ha, na, 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 ba, 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 sha, ta, 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 ta. And they go home and beat their wives. And they're mean as rattlesnakes. Holy, 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 shout, 
and evil don't even know they're saved on Monday. So if my only evidence of the Holy Spirit is what comes out of my mouth, then there's a problem. The evidence of the Holy Spirit is not just what comes out of my mouth, but what's going on in my heart. So the question that I or the thing that I need to request from God is, God, fill me with your spirit if you don't have it. Because if he fills you with his spirit, you become less of you and more of him. And he's greater than you are. And if God lives in you, he's able to do things that you'll never be able to do on your own. I'm talking to somebody right now. The Holy Spirit will open up doors that will never open when you work in your own strength. The Holy Spirit can bring healing to your body that you'll never be able to bring on your own strength. So rather than be filled with drunk and with wine, I want to be filled with the spirit because I want God to transform me from the inside out. St. John, the seventh chapter, Jesus says, and out of thy belly shall flow what? Shall flow what? Shall flow what? I'm going to say to y'all all, see, shall flow, which means what? The river symbolizes the water. It's the water symbolizes the spirit. And what he is saying is what, when, when you get filled with the Holy Ghost, the spirit reaches in areas that you didn't even know you had problems in. <laughs> Y'all quiet. The spirit reaches in areas that get into the crevice of the soul. I don't know about y'all, but has God ever convicted you on some simple stuff? You thought you was doing all right, and then he started showing you where you were arrogant. Or some of y'all are like, nah, I'm good. You need the Holy Ghost. Every day, God is convicting me in areas that I can do better. Because the Holy Spirit is reaching down in areas of the crevice of my soul and saying, you can be cleaned there. And every day I'm repenting to be a better person because every day God is putting a mirror in front of me, showing me areas that I need improvement on. Now with me? When you are drunk and under the intoxication of the Holy Spirit, it shows you areas of your life that are filthy that you didn't even pay attention to. Because there have been some times in your life, y'all with me, where you were so focused on not doing one sin that you failed to understand that there were other areas in your life that needed some work too. And we do that a whole lot of times, don't we? Well, at least I ain't cussing. But your mind is. I don't even want to put a microphone in some of y'all heads this morning. <laughs> it's deaf comedy jam up there just straight up Bernie Mac all in your head <laughs> and so it's an inside job where God is 
constantly renewing and constantly fixing and constantly working in certain areas. And that's why we need to be filled with the spirit. Do y'all remember in the book of St. John, the fourth chapter, there was a woman at the well and Jesus told her to get him what? And she said, I ain't supposed to be dealing with you. I'm a Samaritan. You're a Jew. And what did Jesus say to her? If you knew the water that I had, you'd be asking me for some water. What he was telling her was that if you knew the spirit, the Holy Spirit that is walking beside you right now, you'd be asking me to fill you before you be asking you for some natural water because the spirit where I would fill you with would make you go home and get your house in order. And what happened? Jesus revealed to her that she had five husbands and ain't none of the relationships work out. Spirit started convicting her. And when she got done with the interaction with Jesus, what did she do? She ran and said, come see a man. Now remember, he said, don't tell nobody. But the spirit started bubbling all up in her that she had to tell somebody. The evidence of the Holy Ghost is that when God has been good to you, you got to share it with somebody else. Anybody got a testimony in here that you had to share? All right, y'all like, no, I don't don't tell all my business. So the Holy Spirit is a component that is, operates in us in our new nature with Christ. So watch this. We must become under the influence of the Holy Ghost. Galatians 5 and 16, and I'm going to give you some instructions on how to be filled with the Holy Ghost after this, and I'm going to sit down. Y'all with me? Galatians 5 and 16. Y'all turn with me real there, real, there real quick with me. Galatians 5 and 16. Let's see what Paul says right here. Galatians 5 and 16. When you get there, say amen. Take your time. It's all right. You ain't got, you ain't got to look for it. Galatians 5 and 16. Y'all got phones. Y'all, y'all need this screen. Y'all there? No, y'all ain't there. When somebody get this, say amen. amen. All right. Galatians 5 and 16. It says, I say then what? Walk by the Spirit, and you will certainly not carry out the desire of the flesh. Watch this. Walk by the Spirit. Y'all with me? Walk how? And now if I'm going to walk by the Spirit, then the Spirit has to be taking me somewhere. Where is the Spirit taking me if I'm walking by it? Now I'm going to ask you guys. <laughs> Are y'all with me? Or am I going too deep? All right, y'all with me? If I'm walking by the Spirit, then the Spirit has to be taking me somewhere. Now, now, now this is going to question your spiritual walk with God. You know when you're walking by the Spirit... By if you're walking towards something that is glorifying God. If you're walking by the Spirit, y'all with me? If you're walking by the Spirit, you're walking towards something that is glorifying God. If you are walking towards something that is glorifying yourself, you're you're walking in the flesh. I'm going to say it again. If you're walking towards something that glorifies yourself, you're walking in the flesh. If you're walking towards something that glorifies God, you're walking in the spirit. 
Not quiet. So the question that I have to ask today, y'all with me? Question that I have to ask today is, is my walk glorifying God or is my walk glorifying myself? Am I just doing this because it makes me look good or am I doing this because it glorifies the Father? And too many times we are so vain that we are all about ourselves and we're not about God. And it's more about glorifying ourselves than glorifying the Father. We live in a vain world, y'all. And I think social media has just magnified how vain we are. We spend more time glorifying ourselves on social media then we do glory. Now, I'm not saying you need to get on there and jeez, 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 jeez. You just go annoy everybody. You ain't going to have no friends or followers. And we all love Jesus, but I mean, come on. Like, then now you just, you just trying to be extra religious. But at the same time, if everything is just about me, I grind and I'm a boss and I'm a this and I'm a that. And you make it seem as if though you're doing that without any help beside you, then it's all about you. If anybody in here knows anything about God, you know that everywhere or anywhere you are in life right now is only because of the grace of God. And if anybody in here just thinks you got there because you worked so hard and you grinded so great, you need to understand that the way, the reason why you were able to get up that morning is because God put breath in your body. The only way you were able to work was God gave you the activities of your limbs. So we have to glorify him in all things. So watch this. When I'm hypersexual, y'all quiet. I'm selfish. I'm walking in the flesh. When I'm all about money, I'm selfish. I'm walking in the flesh. When I'm all about my ego, I'm selfish. I'm walking in the flesh. But when I love my neighbor, I'm walking in the spirit. Y'all quiet. When I give to those who need it and I'm able to take from myself to give to someone else, I'm walking in the spirit. Now watch this. Not once has I, have I mentioned a praise break. Not once has I have I mentioned tap your neighbor five times and say a breakthrough is on the way. That's not walking in the spirit. That's exercise. I'm sorry, y'all like who? Run around four times and go one, two, three, dance. That ain't changing nothing, y'all. Don't get me wrong, certain things are cultural. There are expressions of praise. But the only way to have an actual life-changing event in my life is to walk after the spirit. Because I can dance good, sweep it with the leg and spin and do all that. But after a while, that's a performance. If I got to run up to the front of the church so y'all can see me shout, is it about Jesus? Or am I trying to show y'all my red bottoms? I ain't got no red bottoms. But if, 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 if everything is just about fast music and a dance and a shout, we're missing the power 
of the Holy Ghost. And we're cutting God short of the fullness of his power because his power goes beyond just outward uh, manifestation. But the greatest power of the Holy Ghost is what he has done on the inside of you. My greatest testimony is not how I shouted on a Friday night, but my greatest testimony is how my life was changed when he filled me. I had to reflect on myself this week and I said, have I really been filled with the Holy Ghost? Yes, Pastor Joel, Pastor, ordained by the church and the whole nine. I got all that. And I had to ask myself this week, do I really have the Holy Spirit? Because for years I was taught that the evidence of the Holy Ghost was speaking in tongues and that was it. And what I found out was there was a bunch of folks that learned how to fake it. And we told them that they had it. Hmm. All right, I'm going to sit down. Get on the ground and go, G, 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 G. And I'll tell you when you have it. Who are you? And what happened is I'm tired. So to get you out of my ear, I'll fake it. So I can get up and you'll say I have it because you're the judger of the Holy Ghost. Well, I'm going to get in trouble. I don't care. This is my church. Let me stop. This ain't my church. This is Christ's church. Y'all know what I'm saying. So we were transformed to get, watch this, to get the Holy Ghost off of works. You worked for it. You earned it. And if you earned it and you worked for it, it ain't a gift. It's a wage that you earned. Which means that your Holy Ghost is not the gift of the Holy Ghost that was spoken of in the Bible. What it is, is you're telling me that you had to put in 40 hours on the altar to get something that was supposed to be a gift. And that contradicts the Bible. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I got to say this, y'all. The Holy Ghost is a gift of grace. If you got to, if Sister Tony has to work for me to give her a birthday gift, it's not a gift. It's a paycheck because you earned my gift. I hope I'm helping you all today. If I got to shout and dance for it, listen to me. I'm not taking away from praise. Y'all bust out in a high praise and right now and God is in it. God is in it. But for us to just put God inside of a box and say that's the only way that we can get him. It's a disrespect to God and it is to put a limitation on his power. So I had to ask myself this week, am I filled? Am I filled with the Holy Ghost? And I came up with three ways 
to know. Are y'all with me? Three ways to know if you're filled with the Holy Ghost. I said all that to say this. Y'all with me? Y'all can write these down. Three ways to know if you're filled with the Holy Ghost. And these were the three questions that I had to ask myself to see whether or not I am really filled with the Holy Ghost. Number one, are you sure of your faith in God? Because God ain't going to dwell in nowhere where you're not sure that he is who he is. I'm cautious, and I'm not knocking anyone that does it, but I'm cautious of churches that brag about how many salvations their church had over the weekend. Because many a times that was nothing but lip service. Salvation is an inside job. And could it be possibly that the sermon was just so good in that moment that I said, I I, want to be saved, but I really didn't believe it in my heart. Y'all quiet. So, yeah, I came to the altar and I said it. But Romans 10 and 9 says that you have to confess and believe. If I don't really believe it and I'm not really sure of the faith, do I really have the Holy Spirit? He can dwell in somewhere or he will not dwell. He can dwell wherever he wants, but he will not dwell in a place where you don't believe that he can do it. Watch this. God has not given us the spirit of Why? Because faith and fear don't mix. Are y'all quiet? Y'all, y'all with me? Faith and fear don't mix. So what I have to be is I have to be sure that I know that Christ has died for my sins. That Christ is the Son of God. I have to believe it and know it with all of my heart. And when I believe it and know it with all of my heart, it opens the door for me to feel him, for him to fill me or to fill me up with his spirit. Now I can know him because I believe him. (laughs) You don't just let anybody inside of your house. Oh, y'all quiet. Maybe y'all do. If some random person knocks on your door, the first thing you do, you don't open it. You look out the peephole. And if you ain't got a peephole, you look out the kitchen window. And if you ain't got a kitchen window, you look out the front window. And if you don't know that person, you'll stand right there and they'll see your silhouette outside the door and you still won't open it. I dare y'all to come to my house and I ain't invite you. The kids will be inside screaming and acting a fool and we act like we ain't here the door. Because we don't know you. Y'all quiet. Rachel, worse than me, she'll sit right there in the kitchen and look at you and drink her coffee. (laughs) Because we ain't invite you. (laughs) Y'all quiet. I have to have relationship to let you in. And it's the same way with the Holy Spirit. He's not going to come into a place that he's not welcome. So the first question that I have to ask is, am I sure of his faith or am I sure of my faith in him? Number one, y'all with me? Number two, do I desire to be filled? Ooh. Ooh. (laughs) Do I desire to be filled? I'm going to say it again. Do I desire to be filled. Y'all with me? 
Am I sure of his faith? And do I desire to be filled? Watch this. Because some folks don't want it. I don't want to be convicted about my sin. I don't want nobody telling me about my sin. Y'all quiet. I want to keep living the life that I'm living because I'm enjoying this. So I don't want the Holy Ghost. Because if the Holy Ghost overtakes me and I'm filled with the Holy Ghost, he's going to deal with issues that I'm going to have to confront that I like. (laughs) If I have the Holy Ghost, he's going to deal with some issues in me that I may not want him to deal with. I like being angry. I like cussing. I like getting drunk every weekend. I like, I just like my mess. And I don't want it. Because if he fills me, he's going to reach into the crevices of areas that I don't want him to deal with. So I don't, let's be honest, y'all. There are some folks that don't want to change. So if I'm going to be filled, I have to be willing to be changed. You with me? I have to be willing to be changed. I'm going to say something here that's going to mess y'all up real quickly. It might mess some of y'all up. Those of us that grew up in like a Pentecostal setting. And please, I'm not knocking any church. Please, I, don't, I know I always say certain things, but I believe I, I really from my heart. I believe that every church has good in it. And my journey has led me to search God even the more. So I'm grateful for my journey. Y'all, y'all with me? I want to I make that plain. I am grateful for my journey. I'm grateful for everything because if somebody didn't give me some foundation of who Christ was, I would not know him. So I'm grateful. But what I'm saying is now my eyes are open towards how wide and how huge and humongous his grace, his mercy, and his love is towards me that I just cannot single him in to a box. So I don't want anybody thinking that I'm knocking any kind of church or denomination. I'm just saying God is just revealing to me his love for me, and it is so huge I can't believe it. Because for many years I was taught there was only one way that I could get there. It's my way or no way. You better dress this way. You better talk this way. You better act this way. You better go to church this way. And you better do it this way or you ain't saved. And now I'm finding out that, oh. Y'all with me? So we go to the Pentecostal church back in the day, Pentecostal church anywhere, and a praise break breaks out. And what does a person do when they grab the mic? I don't want to quench the spirit, but at this time, we need to take up our offering. Y'all, how many of y'all heard that? I don't want to quench the spirit, but at this time. <laughs> I need everybody to get 20 and 10 in their hand right now. 20 for the church, 10 for the speaker. We want to be a blessing. We don't know how to bless the man of God, but we want to bless him in here on tonight. So everybody dig deep. This is the part of the service that everybody can participate in. Sister, I don't mean to quench the spirit, but you're going to have to sit down and get your offering. Some of y'all been there. And what they was nicely saying is stop playing the music so I can get some money. That ain't quenching the spirit. Can I tell you what quenching the spirit really is? Uh Uh-oh. 
Can I tell you what quenching the spirit really is? Quenching the spirit is when God tells you to do something and you're disobedient. God tells you to put certain things away and you buck back against God. That is quenching the spirit. Quenching the spirit is not me praising God and you trying to raise the offering. That's I'm trying to bring order to the church service. Quenching the spirit is, when, is an inside job and a personal job when God is trying to change your life and you're bucking against him saying, God, I don't want to change. That's when you're quenching the spirit. And if all of us can be honest in here, we all have quenched the spirit. No, I haven't. God told you to make some phone calls this year. You still ain't done. God told you to pray for some folks. You have not prayed for them yet. God told you to give some things up this year and you still. <laughs> Look, Holy Ghost bring conviction, don't it? God has told you to get rid of certain people in your life and you have still hanging out with them. You're quenching the spirit. It's not that the Holy Ghost doesn't live with you. You just keep fanning out the fire every time he's trying to burn a new flame in you. We all have quenched the spirit. Not have, we all quench the spirit in our lives. Don't act like I'm the only one that just be having that conviction. You need to pray. God, I'm so tired. I didn't work 80 hours this week. You need to open your Bible and read. <sighs> you wake up, <laughs> Psalms 23, all sweaty. <laughs> you done slobbered all over your scripture. <laughs> and you just lying. God, I read. You need to separate yourself from things that are not like me. But God, I'm trying to witness to him. No, you ain't. You're connecting with something that has more authority than you because you're quenching me out. You can't evangelize to something that without my help. Mm. You keep doing all type. We keep, and I don't want to say uh, do you. I want to say all of us. We all have done some things in our lives this week where the Holy Spirit has tried to speak to us and we have been disobedient. We have quenched the spirit. And this is what I'm talking about, what the real Holy Ghost is. It convicts you in areas that sometimes you didn't even knew you know you had. <laughs> I don't want to bring this up, but I do need to bring this up. Anybody ever been to therapy before? And if you've ever been to therapy before, they start asking you stuff. And I noticed the times that I went, they never gave me a solution. They just let me talk. And I'm just talking and talking, and next thing I know, I'm unraveling things. And I'm finding things, deep-rooted issues on why I do things and how this happened and how this came about and why I behave and do these type of things. And that's the way the Holy Spirit is. The Holy Spirit is just unraveling certain things. And the problem is we don't like being told what to do. Even if it's the Holy Ghost. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We get indignant. You don't say it, but he know your spirit. 
I don't care if you're the Holy Ghost. I am not going to put away this mess. And God says, okay. And he decreases. And then he allows you to work on your ability. And he allows you to work in your flesh. And he allows you to work in your strength. And what happens? You find out that your strength isn't sufficient. You find out that you keep coming short. You find out that you keep going further astray from the shore. And you recognize that you need his spirit. But sometimes, like a parent, the only way that God can allow you or teach you a lesson is he's got to fall back and let you bust your head by yourself to recognize that he is your help. I hope this is helping you all today. I'm going to sit down here. And number three, the sign that I know that I'm filled with his spirit is I'm obedient to his word. Uh-oh, I'm going to go a step further here. I'm going to go a step further here. This, is going, this, might, this might be an ouch moment, okay? How can you be filled with the Spirit and not know his scripture, his word? How can we be a disciple of Christ but can't quote a scripture? How can we be obedient to something that we don't read? where God will show you a scripture and it hurts and you're like ouch but the only way you found it was by opening the book to get the ouch but if it wasn't for the ouch or if it wasn't for the book you would have never found the ouch so the only way that we can be filled with the spirit is we have to be obedient to his word beginning God created the heaven and the earth. I know I'm messing this recording up because I just keep putting the mic down. In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and the earth was without form or void and the spirit of God moved where? Upon the face of the what spirit are they talking about? The Holy Spirit. Which means that the Holy Spirit did not just show up in Acts. The Holy Spirit was there in Genesis 1. And God said, let there be. And there was, hold on, but in the 18th verse, and God created the sun and the moon on the fourth day. So what light is he talking about in Genesis 1 and 3 if there was no sun and moon until the fourth day? Jesus says, I am the light of the world. So in the beginning, God created the heaven and earth and his spirit was upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light, which means that the father, son and spirit were all there in the beginning. In the beginning was the word and the word was and the word was with And then the word became flesh and became amongst us. The word is Christ, which means that Christ, the spirit and God, all three who are one were there in the beginning. And the spirit was upon the face of the water. And one day Jesus was walking on water. (laughs) 
the spirit was upon the water. And one day Jesus is walking on water. I'll say it again because I'm a little slow too. The spirit was upon the water and Jesus was walking upon the Yes. And as he's walking on the spirit or walking by the spirit, Peter says, Master, bid me to. And Jesus says, come. And Peter is obedient, number three, to the word and walks by the spirit. Woo! But the moment he took his mind out of the spirit and start focusing on himself, he started to sink. (laughs) The moment we stop walking by the spirit and start focusing on ourselves, we start to sink. Am I talking too, too crazy right now? Walk by the spirit. Walk by the Spirit, be filled with the Spirit, and be baptized in the Spirit. And I'm not going to go into that, but there's a difference between the baptism of the Holy Ghost and the filling of the Holy Ghost. And that's a whole other Bible study. So I'm going to close here. I hope this has helped somebody today. Do we have a little more understanding of what the Holy Spirit is? Or did I just talk for an hour? Y'all got some understanding? So, all right, overall, what I'll tell you, if, if somebody asks you, the Holy Spirit is an inside job. Now, I'm going to go a step further. It is not a measurable thing. Because some folks will tell you, you got, you got it a little bit. Ain't no such thing as having a little bit. Either you got it or you don't. And the questions I want you to ask yourself this week, reflect, is am I sure of my faith? Am I sure that am I sure that I desire to be filled with the Holy Ghost? And am I willing to be obedient to the word of God? And if you can meet those three requirements, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Well, where's tarrying? Bible say we got to tarry. Jesus told the 120 in the room, up a room to tarry. But nowhere else do we see in the book of Acts where they tarried for the Holy Spirit. <laughs> but we, 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 we supposed to tarry. The word tarry means to wait. We were taught that the word tarry meant I'm not knocking because I believe that God read our heart, may have read some of our hearts that have done it that way and he filled us. But that's not the way that we should be walking around telling everybody else that that, that's how they should get it. Because if you go through the book of Acts, there were some where the apostles laid hands and they they were filled. There were others, they were baptized and they were filled. There were others that God just came and just fell on them in the midst and they just were filled. There's different operations of how people are filled with the Holy Spirit. And we just can't box it into the way we got it. We got to understand that God can operate any way that he wants to operate. I'm finished, y'all. Y'all have a great Sunday today. I hope you guys enjoy some something with the word, some some of the word with the Holy Spirit. We have a word of prayer, and then we're going to take up.